eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The state of recruiting. We are going to be joined uh, this uh, this week and every week by Nick Harris uh, of 24-7 Sports. It's going to be our second um, show of the week, and, and really we're, what we're trying to do is expand the podcast a little bit and, um, and you know bring you guys a little more content. So our, our late-in-the-week show is going to be more of a mailbag, and um, we took submissions over on the Horns 24-7 board, and uh, you can a- ask your questions over there on the board, and we'll take the questions from there every week and answer them here. Um, but before we get into that, I did want to introduce uh, Nick Harris, my, my co-host on this podcast and um, our newest employee over at Horns 24-7, who is going to be our, uh, our new recruiting reporter and, and contributor. Um, very excited to have Nick, a, a guy that uh, I've known for a while and have watched him work as a young up-and-comer in this business. Kind of reminds me a lot of, of the way I came up, uh, you know, just kind of working hard and, and just being everywhere and, and forcing uh, people to know who I was. And that's kind of the way Nick came about. And so um, I'm excited to have Nick. Uh, Nick, thank you for joining me today. Yeah, absolutely. It's a thrill to be on and a thrill to be on the website. Had a lot of fun here in these first couple of weeks interacting with everyone. And uh, I'm excited to get into it, get into this 2021 class. Yeah, but before we do that, let's just get, let's get to know Nick a little bit. So um, if you could just tell everybody a little bit about yourself, where you came from, um, you know, kind of how you got here and, and everything like that. Yeah, uh, I grew up in the East Texas and DFW areas, um, graduated from Rockwall Heath High School. Uh, in 2018. Uh, currently a college student down here in Austin, uh, transferring to UNT next year. So uh, c- double duty with a, a college student uh, life. But um, uh, other than that, not much going on, just uh, football and uh, covering recruiting as far as these last six months have gone. Yeah, so we're, like I said, we're really excited to have Nick. I think he's going to add a new dimension to what we do coverage-wise. Uh, Nick's a little more into like some newer technology that uh, I don't know. So <laughs> video, things like that. We're going to be able to, to bring you some really cool productions, I think, uh, once we really get going. Um, well, let's hop right into the questions then. Uh, again, these questions were submitted over on the board at Horns247.com. You can uh, subscribe to Horns247. You can be a part of the show. Uh, drop your questions over there. We've also got 
got our full recruiting content. Uh, we've got our team content and, and our message board community. Um, I should also take the time to mention that we also have a couple of other podcasts. Uh, the flagship with Taylor Estes, uh, Chip Brown. Uh, they just had Chris Del Conte on this week, so that's worth a listen. And then the Longhorn Blitz um, with Jeff Howe and Rod Babers. Uh, always worth a listen. One of my favorite podcasts out there. All right. Uh, the first question comes to us from Horns Up 0588. He says, Mike, with the exception of the Brockermeyer brothers, uh, in your opinion, who is a can't-miss recruit for the 2021 class, and who would be your bell cow recruit for 2022? Uh, I hate the words can't-miss recruit because you, you, know, you don't ever want to paint yourself into a corner of we have to get this guy. But I think that there are except there are exceptions. Like I think if you have talents like James and Tommy Brockermeyer who are in state, um, so highly talented and alumni of your you know legacies of your school, their father Blake played at Texas, of course. Um, that's as close to can't miss as you can get, and and you really need to land those guys. Outside of those guys, I think that Texas you you really have to look towards the premium positions. Um, so that may be defensive end, uh, whether it be Landon Jackson or, or uh, Tumiche Adelie at defensive end, whether it be, uh, you know, maybe cornerback with Ishmael Ibrahim. Um, and then, of course, holding on to your quarterbacks. Um, so Jalen Milrow already in the class. Texas looking for a second. I think those are some guys that I would call quote unquote can't miss. But again, I, I, I mean, there's nobody that I would really say you can't miss on. I think that you have to find um, as much talent uh, at, at certain positions as you can. Um, there are some positions like running back where I think that um, you can't place that much uh, positional importance on it. Although it is great to land those playmakers, I think that you know it, it's you're better served going in the can't miss area um, in some of those other positions. In 2022, I think it's very simple. I think that um, Quinn Ewers from South Lake Carroll, the quarterback, is to me not only a guy that is uh, supremely talented and a guy that um, I think is going to be one of the better quarterbacks to come along out of the state of Texas in the last four or five years, but I think he's also a guy that players are going to want to play with. So for me, um, it kind of always starts with the quarterback, and so I'm going to say in 2022, Quinn Ewers from Southlake. What about you, Nick? Uh, for the 2021, like uh, the comments, uh, the Brocker Myers are obviously going to be uh, two guys that – Texas is going to have to land for you know for it to be a respectable class because like you said their legacies of the of the school um, grew up as Longhorn fans so uh, those would be huge lands but as far as other guys that are can't misses I'm going to stay on the offensive line and go with Savion Bird uh, that's another kid from the DFW area uh, we both have crystal balls for Texas for him right now but um, uh, as far as going forward I think Savion Bird is, would be a huge land in this class uh, and Bryce Foster still staying on the offensive line uh, but like you said Landon Jackson that's another big one that I think um, would be a huge huge land for this 2021 class really talented defensive defensive end out of Texarkana Pleasant Grove and then his teammate Marcus Burris uh, there's a lot of talent up and down uh, in the state of Texas for the 2021 class it's really deep this year it's not so top heavy as it was last year uh, in the 2020 class uh, there's a lot of depth and because I mean you got guys that are you know in the 20s to 30s in the state rankings like Ishmael Ibrahim um, you know who can contribute at the power five level almost immediately so uh, uh, there, there's a lot of dogs in this 2021 class that uh, I'm excited to get going with and uh, hoping to see a couple of them land in burn orange you know I I think you made a, a really good point there you really, when you talk about can't miss, you have to look at where the talent concentrations are, right? So in 2018, Texas 
swept the entire state at, at, at the defensive back position, basically, and landed everybody they wanted. And that was that massive class of Anthony Cook and Deshaun Jameson, Jalen Green, Caden Stearns, etc. Um, in 2021, it seems like the, the glut of talent is in the trenches, offensive and defensive line. So I think you have to hit those positions really hard, especially in the trenches, which are p- – Areas where Texas doesn't necessarily um, produce high-end talent year after year. Um, I think they've really got to make the most of those. All right. Uh, our next question comes from St. Milrow 3. Um, it says, how are we looking for uh, out-of-state prospects? And have you heard any positive or negative comments? Um for out-of-state guys, I have a very simple rule. Um, there's a lot of guys who talk about uh, – a lot of out-of-state guys who, who say the right thing if I get in contact with them. And, you know, I've probably done 100 interviews in the last two weeks with out-of-state kids who've gotten offers. And it's probably the last time we'll talk because they won't show that much serious interest in Texas. They probably won't visit and they'll go the other way. And, and that's kind of the way recruiting is. So um, for me, you know, until a guy like is, is, you know, pretty serious about making a visit on their own dime, I can't consider them a, a serious target for Texas. That said, there are a couple guys. I, I talked to Christian Leary, the wide receiver from Orlando, Florida. Um, you know, he, he, uh, he seems interested in taking a visit. Um, I, Troy Stellato, uh, the wide receiver who I think is, is one of the more underrated prospects in the state, um, from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I think he's the guy that, that has been pretty serious about, uh, you know, maybe scheduling a visit and, um, and, and really looking into Texas. I think that the, the feedback he's been giving to Texas has been um, pretty strong. And then Jalen Davies, a cornerback from uh, Modern Day, um, who I just actually had a story with this morning, I think is a guy that I, I could see visiting. You know, those California kids, those out west kids, are a lot uh, more likely, I think, to, uh, to make visits because um, I think that we, we've talked about this before. You know, Texas is just for people who want to get out of California. Texas kind of gives them that at-home feel, but gets them away from the state. Yeah, and I agree. And kind of looking ahead to the 2022 class, I know it's kind of 21 specific, but uh, Dason McCullough is a kid I talked to last week, and we have an article up on Horns 247, my conversation with him. Uh, he seemed pretty interested in uh, not only Texas, but just the state of Texas and wanting to get down here and uh, take a visit to some of the Power 5 schools that we have in the state of Texas. And him being a, a recruit up in the Kansas area, he says he really doesn't have any interest in staying in state, really doesn't matter to him. Uh, so I think that's a kid here in two years that we could look at as a big-time athlete prospect that could um, uh, could very well be a big-time out-of-state player. Yeah, and I think what's important there is 22, you've obviously you've got a lot more room, right, to, to kind of uh, – work on him the 21s you're making offers to right now those guys are pretty much for the most part going to be uh trimming down their lists here soon and you may be too late on them but the 22 guy like mccullough you've got some room to get in there and and maybe uh you know convince him to get down on an unofficial visit and then that sets you up for official visits in the future um all right our next question from ohorns uh he said he wants to know how many uh, out-of-state players is Texas truly in the running for, which I think we kind of talked about just there. But um, And then he wanted to rank the positions of need um, and talk about some can't-miss guys for 2022. So let's just let's do positions of need. Um, I think Texas did a, a great job addressing the running back position in 2020 uh, with B. John Robinson, but I think that they need to continue to add depth and, and playmaking ability there um, when you're looking at guys like uh, – uh, Kamar Wheaton and LJ Johnson and Jonathan Brooks, those are you know some of the main targets for that. I think corner 
is a is a big area of need. I think it's always an area of need in the state. And Texas only signed one in 2020, so um, they definitely need to continue to add some more there. And then um, receiver, I would say probably wide receiver is is a position where I think that for years Texas has kind of been stocked up there, but. Um, right now, you know, there's some uncertainty of, about who's going to step up next in the wake of, of Devin DuVernay and, and Colin Johnson and those guys. And so I think you in the Big 12, you, you kind of have to continue to add playmakers on offense. Yeah, and you took the words out of my mouth on that one about the cornerback position. Uh, there's a lot of really talented cornerbacks in the state for the class of 2021. Uh, you got guys in state like Latrell McCutcheon, uh, Ishmael Ibrahim, Hunter Washington. And even if you can land two of those three guys, assuming uh, McCutcheon stays with uh, Alabama, uh, that's that would still be a fantastic uh, load to take at the cornerback position for the 2021 class. And uh, again, playmakers, running backs, wide receivers, those guys that can you know, turn three-yard gains into 10-yard gains. Those are the guys that the Big 12 needs, the guys that Texas needs, and uh, definitely want to load up at those positions uh, in every recruiting class. Yeah, and then we'll talk about the 2022 can't miss guys. Uh, again, I hate the words can't miss, but um, to give you an idea of, of big name guys, I think that uh, when you talk about, we already talked about Quinn Ewers. I think if you want to talk about wide receivers, Armani Winfield and Caleb Burton are high up there. Um, if you want to talk about offensive line, Cam Dewberry is high up there, as well as uh, 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 Nick. I'm blanking on my guy's name from uh, from Bowie, Devon uh, Devon Campbell. Uh, yeah, he's up there as well. And then, um, you know, guys like uh, Jadarian Price at running back, I think he's up there as well. Nick, any 2022 guys that stick out to you? Yeah, the only guy you didn't really mention is Jadon Blue. I think Jadon Blue is going to be a big-time can't-miss guy uh, just because he's already shown how interested he is in Texas so early in the process. Uh, and then if we're going to talk about the cornerback position, Denver Harris is a guy I've been super high on. Uh, I think you've known that. I think a lot of people have known how high I am on Denver Harris. So uh, that's a kid I would love to see uh, Texas land in the 2022 class. Uh, and then you said Caleb Burton right here in the Austin area. Um, that, that's a that's a big-time uh, target. Uh, Burton loves the Longhorns, grew up uh, – he didn't grow up a Texas fan, um, but um, he, he's had a lot of Texas influence over these last few years out of Del Valley. So uh, that's, that's a big-time target that I think Texas can land in 22. Yeah, one other guy I'll mention there, Austin Jordan, the Ditton Ryan corner, um, who I love. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I think he's going to be a big-time kid as well nationally. Um, all right, uh, next question comes from – uh, Hook'em ATL says, uh, which of the top targets plan to make a commitment prior to the start of the season, um, or in other words, before Texas plays a game with the new coaches? So right now we're still very much in the process of finding out, you know, for the most part, timelines. I think there are a few recruits out there who have made it known that they want to commit in the summer, but, um, you know, these things are very fluid right now, and I think that um, if you go back to this time last year, you see guys who were talking about making a signing day decision who ended up making a May decision and uh, vice versa. So uh, still very much in the process. I think, um, you know, the Brockermeyer brothers have said they want to make a decision in the summer, but I don't think it's, they're necessarily married to that if they haven't made their decision. And that's really what Texas is going to have to fight against is they're back in prove it mode with these new coordinators and this new staff. And they're not for as early as recruiting happens anymore. You know, they're going to have to to prove it without being able to really get on the field. Yeah, and then you also have Tumiche Adelie uh, scheduled to make his commitment on August 1st. But like you said, that could change whenever. But uh, that, that's definitely one we're going to be looking for before the season starts as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. Okay, our next question coming from DFW Horn twelve oh seven says: uh, If Texas wins ten plus this year, um, are they taking home a top three class? Uh, it's so hard to predict top three for sure because of the level Alabama, Clemson, LSU, Georgia are all recruiting at. Um, it's very hard to get up there. That said, Texas recruited back to back top three classes, um, and they did it one year when they were uh, you know a six and a six and five team or a seven and five team. And, um, you know, another year when they when they won the Sugar Bowl. So yeah, I think I've always said that Texas is a giant. Um, you know, if they can win, they can really turn that machi- uh, recruiting effort into a machine. Yeah, I, I agree completely. And uh, with all the in-state talent that we have in 2021, uh, if we win ten, if the Texas Longhorns win ten games in 2020, I could definitely see them taking home a top three class. Yeah. Um, okay. Next question from B Bonner fourteen says, "Hey Mike, who are some of the kids uh, in Texas that may be lower rated by uh, that the staff has reached out to uh, that might be due for a ratings bump?" Uh, that's a good question. I think. It, it, remember when we talk about ratings, it's early in the process. These guys have been rated a little bit um, in the twenty twenty one class, but their ranking process seriously begins now, and they'll 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 get a big evaluation in the spring um, when that ch- when that change is made. Um, you know, I think that you'll really see guys start to kind of fit into where they were. Remember this time last year, Jackson Smith Jigba was a three-star prospect, um, ended up as as the top, you know, top fifteen player in the country. So uh, rankings are still very much evolving, but. That said, I think Jonathan Brooks, the running back from Hallettsville, is a kid that's going to rise. Um, by the way, just a, a heartwarming story of me talking to Jonathan Brooks last night, um, and I think I love this kid. Um, in the age of in the age of so many kids complaining about their rankings, Jonathan Brooks asked me last night if he was a three star, and I told him, "Yeah, but I think you're going to rise during the spring." And he goes, "So it's official. I can post. I'm a three star." And, and I said, yeah, man, you're, you're all good. Like, you've got a three-star ranking bias right now, but I think you're going to go up. And he goes, what does this mean that I'm the number 49 running back? And I said, well, that means you're the number 49 running back in the country. He goes, man, I never could have imagined that. And so he he was really excited <laughs> just to be ranked at all. So I think I love that kid um, now. <laughs> I love the small-town kids. They're always so humble about their rankings. Right. So, yeah, I think he's a guy that's going to go up. Uh, Nick, a guy you're pretty familiar with, and you could maybe expand on Romario Noel, uh, the Baylor commit. I think is is a guy that with his size and speed could go up. Um, it, yeah, absolutely. And he's a kid that's super versatile. I, I mentioned it on the board earlier this week, and he could be a guy that could move to linebacker before it's over with, or move out uh, to the edge at corner. Uh, he's a guy that's going to be really, really interesting to see over the spring and uh, during his senior season. At yeah, I would also say Elijah Arroyo, the tight end for Frisco Independence. That kid is going to go up um, just from seeing his film and and getting a little bit more familiar with him. Um, man, the state has not produced tight ends like that in a, in quite a while. Um, and then on the defensive side of the ball, uh, I like Isaiah Nkwobia from from Skyline. I think he's a guy that that could really see his profile rise over the next year as well. Uh, yeah, and another tight end I think is Landon King. Uh, Two hundred spots nationally behind Elijah Arroyo. I can see him jump pretty high here in the uh, in the next ratings uh, release. Okay, our next question comes from Ob James twenty three. It says, where does Texas stand in the Bryce Foster and Savian Bird recruitments? Uh, that's that's a good question, and, and what we're working on right now is a Savian Bird update because early on it really looked like Texas was runaway favorite for Savian Bird, but I think 
and, and people are going to laugh when I said this. They laughed when I said it about Preston Stone. I think SMU is creating a ton of momentum for Savian Bird right now. And, and the word behind the scenes right now is that if, if Savian had to commit right now, I think SMU might be the school that wins out. Um, and and so Texas really needs to get some, do some work and, and get him back on campus. Uh, Bryce Foster did visit for the uh, for one of the uh, quote-unquote elite days or junior days or whatever you want to call them um, in January. We talked to him there. Texas did make his final cut of schools. They will get an official visit. I think AM is always going to be tough in that one. I think Oklahoma is going to be tough in that one. Um, and I think maybe an out-of-state school like Georgia might be tough in that one. But, um, you know, outside of that, I think Texas likes where they stand. And I think that, um, you know, they've got kind of the aces up their sleeves with Hayden Connor and Jalen Milrow already in the class. Yeah, and you also got Oregon as an out-of-state player for Bryce Foster, I think. I, I wouldn't say that they're a crazy big threat, but it's definitely a school to keep an eye on going forward in his recruitment. Absolutely. Okay. Um, next question from Longhorn fan eight one five. He says, is Texas in a better spot for LJ Johnson or Kamar Wheaton right now? Um, and they asked me if I still personally prefer Johnson over Wheaton. Uh, yeah, I do prefer Johnson over Wheaton. I mean, I think they're both very talented, very athletic kids, but I think that LJ Johnson's just got a little bit more natural running ability. Um, so that, that he would be my pick as the top guy. And I think LJ Johnson's probably in the better spot right now. Just considering he's visited recently and Wheaton has not. That said, Kamar is kind of, uh, you know, he's a withdrawn kid, pretty quiet, uh, tries to keep his plans pretty shrouded. So um, he could pop up on campus at any time. And, and, you know, there was a period of time last summer where I felt really strong about Kamar Wheaton ending up in the Texas class. Uh, But right now I would say they're in a better spot for LJ Johnson. Yeah, and I would agree 100% on both of those answers. Um, okay, so our next question from Hook'em Keyshawn says, uh, how can Texas combat the fact that recruits cannot tour the facilities now that Moncrief is destroyed? Well, it's simple. They've got to show them pictures. You know, that's uh, that's the way. They've done a really good job kind of converting that north end zone, um, like where they've built the Hall of Fame area into like a visit center. And I think that's where you're seeing all the pictures they're taking now and um, a lot of the stuff they're doing. But, you know, that's something to sell. It's just, hey, you know, we're, we're sorry. We can't show you the facilities right now but we're going to build something really cool and um you know i think as guys come on visits they can see um you know the progress as it goes along yeah and they're throwing that up pretty quick i was actually driving by it yesterday uh if you drive down san jack if you're in the austin area you can kind of see the progress on it uh, as you're going by the stadium they've already got a a lot of the framing up they've got some of the uh, actual plaques and Uh, memorabilia that they're going to have hanging on the walls. They already have some of it up already. Uh, It's looking pretty cool so far. And I think Del Connie, he posted a couple of pictures of it yesterday. And I think it's really important during the construction process just to get all these pictures up on social media so recruits can see. And we were talking to him after Elite Day. Uh, and all of them, uh, whenever we asked them, you know, what's your favorite part of the visits, it was, uh, man, these upgrades are going to be incredible. So uh, definitely the staff is already hammering home what it's going to look like when it's completed, uh, and recruits are already excited about it. And, I mean, if you're talking 2021 and 2022 recruits, by the time the 22 class gets there, it will already be complete. So uh, I, I think the only – recruiting class that they may have had issues with uh, selling uh, what the facilities will look like and how it will be uh, uh, on those facilities is probably the 2020 class just because they'll have two full seasons without it Uh, but you know that's that's past so I think the 21 and 22 class will be a little bit easier to sell 
All right, our next question, also from Hook'em Keyshawn, uh, he asks a bunch of questions in this thread, so thank you for your contributions. He said, let me just run these three. What are the chances Texas can flip Donovan Jackson? I'm going to say almost none. There was a period of time where there was some optimism on Donovan Jackson landing at Texas, but A, he seems like a kid who makes a decision and sticks with it. B, unless Ohio State really messes something up, they're probably going to be pretty good again. Um, I just don't see it happening. Nick, you have anything on, on Donovan Jackson? Yeah, I would agree. Okay, his second his question is, who's the most likely second quarterback in 2021? Right now, they only have offers out to Sawyer Robertson and Garrett Nussmeyer. I think out of those two, um, I, I've like I said on the board, I have not been able to get in touch with, with Sawyer Robertson at all, and I've heard he's kind of that way, kind of uh, tough to get in touch with, period. Um so right now I would say Garrett Nussmeyer just because I know him a little more. Um, but I think it's likely probably if you give me an option for the field, um, somebody that they haven't offered yet, maybe um, maybe Nick's got a guy in mind. Um, I think that that could be, you know, the answer. Yeah, the guy I would have in mind is Caden Salter. I love Caden Salter out of Cedar Hill. Uh, I think that's a, a guy that if they can't land Sawyer Robertson or Garrett Nussmeyer, I think that's definitely a guy that they could offer. Uh, I think that's also a guy that they could easily land. But uh, the thing working against in Caden Salter's recruitment is former Cedar Hill coach Joey McGuire uh, being in his ear pretty heavy about getting to Baylor. Uh, he's super high on Baylor right now. I think we both have crystal balls in for Baylor for Salter right now. But if Texas were to offer, it would make things really interesting. Uh, I would love to see Salter in the burn orange. All right, uh, and the last question from Hookham Kishan was, uh, how good is Charles Wright from Austin High? Uh, he just got a crystal ball to Iowa State. Charles Wright's a guy I really like. Um, saw him a couple of years ago when I went to go see Elijah Higgins play uh, Austin High. And um, Charles, you could tell, was a very good quarterback that just didn't have a ton around him playing as a sophomore. Um, he's a kid I've gotten to know. I really like him. Um, his family is all... Uh, basically all Texas. I believe his grandfather uh, or great-grandfather played at Texas, something of that nature. Um, I know his his grandfather I see all the time. He's very involved in the DFW uh, Texas Lunch Bunch. And uh, when I go out there and meet with them, you know, I always get a lot of questions about Charles. I think he's a really good player. He's just in a bad class because this is a stacked year at quarterback. Um, Iowa State, I think, is a school that got on him early and has been recruiting him like he was a priority. I think it would be a shame if some of these group of five schools in Texas can't land him, but you can't blame them for going out of state to a Big 12 school like Iowa State's. All right, and our last question from Longhorn Lee is, will Texas finish with more in-state or out-of-state commits? I've got a lean in-state. You know, a couple of years ago in 2019, it was close. I think it was like 15 and 14, basically, uh, something of that nature that they, they ended up with. And um, – that was really an outlier of, of signing a class you know majority built with out-of-state prospects. Um, I think you saw them come back this year where they signed, uh, what, 19, and I think 18 of them were in-state. Um, so I think that um, if I'm going to guess, they're going to try to lean majority in-state. But, you know, if, they, if they're in a spot where they have to go out-of-state kind of like they did in 2019, they've certainly proven they can do it. Yeah, I think it's just a little too early to answer that question right now because, like you said, it's hard to gauge out-of-state players' interest until they get on campus. So this may be a question that we could better answer, you know, come May or June uh, when we, you know, see the guys that are taking visits out here and, you know, the guys who seem like they could want to come out come out to Texas. So um, that, that's just one we're going to have to sit on and wait to get a full evaluation of. 
All right, now that's going to do it uh, for for basically all the questions. Again, we're going to open this up every week on the, on the Horns twenty four seven board for you to ask your questions. Um, most weeks, just about every week, we can. Nick's going to join me on this. Um, sometimes Nick is will be traveling back and forth from the Metroplex, so he may not be able to get on. And in that case, I'll probably just do it myself. But um, it was a, it was a good time, Nick, and um, uh, thanks for joining me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to be on over the next few weeks. All right. So you guys subscribe, uh, like, subscribe, rate, review, all those good things. Uh, it really helps our show out on iTunes if you do that. State of Recruiting. Um, check out our other Horns 24-7 podcast. Check out our other 24-7 sports podcast. We are really expanding the podcast network and, and bringing in a lot of awesome shows. So, um, you know, really uh, – Check those out. If you've got a national perspective, we've got shows on that. If you want a West Coast perspective, we've got shows on that. If you want a, a Big Ten perspective, we've got shows on that. You know, just about anything you want, we got it. So uh, check it over at 247.com slash podcast. Uh, for Nick Harris, I'm Mike Roach. We thank you guys for joining us this week. The acclaimed Showtime original docuseries Couples Therapy returns with an addictive and revealing new season. Dr. Orna is back in session, helping four new couples grapple with real issues from religion and sex to polyamorous power dynamics. Collider says couples therapy is like nothing else on TV. It's break up or break through on the new season of Couples Therapy. Now streaming with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. Visit ParamountPlus.com to try it free.